Hello, and welcome to Mindful You at Naropa, a podcast presented by Naropa University in Boulder, Colorado. I'm your host, David Devine, and it's a pleasure to welcome you. Joining the best of Eastern and Western educational traditions, Naropa is the birthplace of the modern mindfulness movement. Welcome to another episode of the Mindful You podcast. Today we have a very special guest in the studio with me, Jaguar Woman. Jaguar is a multidimensional healing artist, medicine woman, a visionary mother of the womb nation, and she also works with herbs, ancestral channeling, poetry, and ceremonial plant medicine. She is in town today to speak at Naropa as a keynote speaker for the practice day. We welcome her to Naropa and also the Mindful You podcast. Thank you for joining us. Also, I just know literally you just got off the airplane. I just picked you up from your hotel. And how are you doing? Welcome. I'm so happy to meet you. It was very soul family right away. (laughs) It's true. Like we've been vibing the whole, we just got some coffee. Yeah. And now we just like came back to the studio to have this awesome conversation. So it's really nice to have you. So welcome to Boulder. Thank you. I'm honored. And you came from where? Oaxaca. Oaxaca. Oaxaca, Mexico. What a beautiful, and you currently live there, right? I live there. It's my base. I bounce still, but it's my base. And it's the Jaguar base. It's very, the Jaguar energy wants to be there and feels very rested when there. And when I'm in other places, I feel like I'm working. So that's the unique energy that Oaxaca gives me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way you're using your name, it's like a personality. Do you, when you go somewhere else, is there like a different name you use or is it always Jaguar? But Jaguar lives in Oaxaca. Huh. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that you said that. Lavon is my birth name. And initially, we'll get into it later, I'm sure. But initially following my death experience, I was very like, Lavon is dead. I would say, say that a lot. Yeah, I felt like she'd left the body. She was not part of what was going on. And I was more finding out like, who's here now? Which then has also gone on the path of having many different names. But the Jaguar energy... <laughs> comes out strong so it's like when she's in the building she's in the building you know what i mean yeah and you know what i mean you, you know how i feel about jaguars too. yeah so <laughs> so we have a thing i was telling her earlier about like my jaguar story i think i've said it before on the podcast so i'll just I'll, i won't go there but i like jaguars as well we're so, related yeah. We pretty much are. I yeah. mean, we are in many senses. We're both graduates of Naropa. Yeah. We were both kind of like in the more psychedelic, mystical, energetic ways of thought and being. You know, the podcast called Mindful You. You do a lot of mindful practices. So we're like family here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the big cat family, that like Naropa energy with a sp- specific type of shamanic energy. With the plant medicine energy, that's a specific soul tribe. That's all my things mixed together. Not all my things. More things will come. But they always do, right? They always do. (laughs) Awesome. So to get started, welcome to Boulder. And we're so happy to have you. So tomorrow you're speaking at Naropa's practice day. And I remember attending a lot of those. It's it's such a rad thing to to attend because it's um you know, I think they take off classes and they just have a bunch of awesome speakers and you're one of them. And you're the keynote. And I'm curious, like, what are you going to be talking about? Like, what is calling to you? 
to speak upon? Well, the title that I've given things is Conjuring the Language of the Liminal Space, Voces del Polvo. But this is, it's more layered for me. It has like one layer of the Spanish mixed with the English and the liminal and the in-between conjuring. Within it, it's going to be like a telling of my story, um, a sharing of my near-death experience, and then some of the poetic work of my master's thesis. And my master's thesis, half of it was written before my death and half of it was written after the death. Then it's also written in English and Spanish with Nahuatl, indigenous words like mixed in. So I want to go into a space sharing the mirror of my journey. Also with just that energy of I've been thinking about how the words don't teach, something I say a lot, the words don't teach, and just being in a space where we're in the in-between and you're receiving the download, like the energetic transmission from the person, but it's coming up through your body in a visceral way so that it's for each person, kind of the same frequency is coming through, but then it's processed uniquely in their own mind with their own path because it's something experiential. So I want to like find the language of that in-between space that's a frequency communication, not just word-based. And I've taken a lot of words to say that. <laughs> but yeah. So, okay, okay yeah, hold yeah, on, yeah. hold on. <laughs> You're like, I, rewind. <laughs> you, yeah. you just said the words don't teach. What right. do you mean by that? I think I understand you, but I'm curious of like how you define that. Okay, when I say the words don't teach, it's because, and it's taking it back to my main practice, which we'll talk about later, but the womb steaming and just the physical practices, even in yoga, like wisdom is jnana, it's something, it's a, it's a body knowledge. It's like you move through the different physical postures and motions to arrive at an internal awakening of a knowledge, which then can be expressed in words, which is really different than the hypnotic mind programming of listening to somebody else's words come through and then taking them in and then spouting them back out as your own, which is an energetically dangerous territory that can often happen in spiritual practices and leads to like messy guru shit. And so when I say the words don't teach, it's like this is a frequency experience that you can have. From this experience, you have your own internal awakening and then your own words will arrive from that because we're all just with language trying to put like encapsulate the experiences and the frequencies and the energetics of whatever we're feeling. So I just like this idea of the words that we're saying coming from something that's birthed within, from an experience that you have. And when it's something experiential, I think you feel less need to proselytize about it and like knock on doors about it. It's just you're holding it inside. And that's very womb magic energy. It's like yoni egg energy, just holding the mystery inside and it's radiating from you. And it's not based on the words either, you know? And I also love doing a lot of silent gatherings. I love doing silent retreats, vipassanas, and also teaching in my own personal work, like offering things where you're just sitting with me in the energy. And then I love how it feels. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, and we just said, do you feel me? So I, I think what I'm hearing from you is knowledge is words, but wisdom is understanding. Because like, I can tell you how things work, but then when you know how they work and you know how it's going to work for certain situations, you know, I think that's wise because I think wisdom is, is personalized too. Yes, I think the ex it's the experience that teaches us. And when something is experiential, you also don't feel we live in a very easy, like trigger sensitive. Right now, things are getting more. Everybody's like 
very easily yeah. triggered, right? Supercharged. Supercharged, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think it's also the time when what's happening as a con as a human consciousness on the flip side, you know, like what's the what's the other side of us being so charged? I think that we're remembering our telepathic nature. It's like a lot less messy when we're telepathically communicating. So it's going to be amazing when we evolve and remember back to that place, that capacity that we have to be able to do that. So yay, right? And practicing. Yay. yay so yay. <laughs> One of my favorite words. Like in that same sense of when you have the experience, it's something that you can feel in that person. And that's the authenticity. With words, we can like lie and like trap and like lure and like seduce and like mislead. And also like your definition, my definition might not match. Right. But with energetics, the energy doesn't lie. So you sit with somebody and if you just like go in. I used to do this thing with blindfolding people in a space and whatever and being silent. But you sit with somebody, you feel their energy, you start to conjure a language and like a definition in your own mind already, like around what they feel like, what you might imagine that they look like and all of that. But you're just feeling their energetics. And that won't lie. You might take off your blindfold and it's like a guy wearing a Trump hat. But like underneath that Trump, uh, that hat or whatever his belief system was expressed in his physicality. That's all words to me. That's like word level. But underneath that, you could still be like in a soul level connected or feeling like an exchange that's holding you and bonding you. And I feel excited about us remembering that we have the capacity to do that and to get to that space. I do a lot of birth work, right? And when you see a woman, she's had a birth a child. It's this experience that's completely shamanic. You go out of the body. You come back in like a home birth. That like person a person comes out that of you. Per, a person comes out of you. Like if you see, I've, I have a belief system inside about everybody should see one birth. Just everybody. We should just see one time. And that would calm us all down too. And you're like, well, we're complete. We're aliens. Like who, who knows what's happening here? To be kind of just like a rite of passage for humankind. But that's a good example of the words don't teach. You would never go back to a woman falling at birth and be like, I really feel like that was like this for you. And the, the, the down like this, it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Sounds like mansplaining. Yeah, mansplaining course, is course. a strong example of the words <laughs> not teaching. Everywhere where I'm coming from, it's always this like womb space energy, this like void womb, black hole, birthing source, original space, the authenticity, the uniqueness. All of that is in one cauldron for me. So all of these things, to me, it's it's womb work, what I'm trying to like evoke and like wake up within everybody, no matter your body. So like male and female bodies? No matter your body. Because it's like, I don't have a womb, but I, so I, I've studied like internal martial arts when I was younger and a lot of Asian culture things and uh, the, Don, the Don Tien is right where the womb is located. So where heaven and earth meet is right where the source of your energy is. And so- you know, you're using different words, but we're kind of talking about the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. The and source. The source energy. And everything comes from this one door. So it is a unifying force. It's not something to be viewed as what's dividing our bodies. To me, it's the one like you. It's a one strong unifying force of the humankind. We come from the womb. There's no other doorway here. So what you come from in sense that the sky is a mirror and as above, so below, and things are always the reflection of what they are. Of course, we have the womb within the body, right? Some have chosen to carry the portal in a specific way. And then for balance, there's always a mirror. The portal, same energy, 
you know, will be carried in like another reflected way. But we must all have that same source because it is where we are coming from and what we are and what we're going to. It's the full circle, the womb energy. So that's we how all, I feel we it. We all come from a womb. We all come from so a womb. So it's our relationship to the womb. And we can't argue about that. So you can be no. like, well, you're calling me a woman, but I think I'm a man. That's facts. Or I want, yeah, yeah, but what's facts and what is unarguable is that we come from a womb. Yeah. There's no other door at this time that we've identified. I like the idea of a door. It's like a portal transformation. We're coming through. Here we are. But we had to come through the door that everybody comes through. Everybody. And you, like you said, there's no other way here. No. But here we are. Right. I think acknowledging that brings us to this root place. And then, okay, the theme right now in Europa, the, the, the practice week theme that they gave me is art as revolution. Right? Oh, you're perfect for this. And to me, <laughs> like revolution, what, what is revolutionary is when we embody our authenticity. Boom. And what is happening right now, like the attack coming in from the skies and like into our eyes, like from the media and like the voices. It's like, no, homogenize, like a homogenized state of beauty, a homogenized definition of artistic expression, a homogenized, like just a sense of this is what this is. And then you copy this if you want to succeed as an artist or as a whatever it is. We've just like we've defined it with some words and then you fit into that and then you walk this like pre-established path. It's just the death of authenticity. It's the death of uniqueness. Even you're looking at faces in Hollywood, they have like these makeup movies and they'll be like, oh, the black one, the Asian one, the white one. And they'll all have the same exact face. I love looking at it. It'll be like, because they'll just choose this one definition of what beauty is and then maybe slightly whatever it, and then just show it to you over and over and over again. And if you don't look like that, then you're not fitting in to this current. Yeah, you don't fit into you their me? mold. You're not fitting in yeah. the mold. But it, the whole point is fuck the mold. But who, yeah, and then we also have to ask like, Who's creating the mold? Because we we are mold creators as well. And we get to create our own unique mold and or just presence of how we show up. We're shapeshifters. Yeah. What just the energy of flowing into the mold is a is a is a little death, you know, not in an orgasmic way. Um, because the little death. <laughs> we don't want that. We, go. we don't want we want to go the other way. Yeah. And like we can mold everything around who we are and shapeshift and move freely. And I really think that bottom line with the revolution, what's revolutionary right now is authenticity and feeling and speaking and moving from your own unique place and acknowledging the uniqueness that you carry, which is connected to this womb energy and the one door. Yeah. So. Yes. Oh, my God. You're too easy to talk to. <laughs> I haven't even asked my second question. <laughs> so that's one. I'm going to ask it. But I just I kind of just want you to go quickly through it because there's so much good content that I feel like we can get into. <laughs> but I feel like this is a very important question because we're on a Naropa podcast. You're an, a Naropa alum. So am I. And I just want to know, what did you graduate from with Naropa? <laughs> and how has the experience you've had at Naropa helped you with what you're doing now? Mm -hmm. So Naropa is a frequency call. Also, I didn't graduate from Naropa. So I like that Naropa loves me and brings me Oops. back for alum things all the time. I'm going to leave that in the podcast. So yeah. you know. <laughs> I love that. And Naropa shouts me out. And well, I what love did you, it. What did you But what's magical about Naropa is I was invited here first. I was the Zora Neale Hurston scholar for the poetry program. And they 
brought me for, for the summer writer program for all four weeks and they flew me here and they put me up and it was like the most amazing thing that had ever happened in my life so far at that time. They just, Naropa was like, we love your work. You're amazing. Come here. And then I had my own, like a one hour poetry reading, just reading my stuff. And I read this poem, The Black Madonna, La Madonna Negra. And it was like, in this one part, it's like, she's taking it up her ass with her fist in, in the air. La Madonna is everywhere. And I said that in that auditorium. And everybody stood up and they were like, Wah! And then I was like, oh, and that was LaVon. That was like me prior to car accident. I feel like I had a more raw kind of like energy with my work. <laughs> but it was the first time that I'd felt such a merit, the response of like, yeah, like we're getting what you're, we're picking up what you're putting down. That was Naropa. And after that very reading, Anne Wildman, who at that time, I don't know if she's still the director of the Jack Kerouac School of Disembodied Poetics. Yeah, I actually hadn't followed up with like the program people, but yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been a long time Naropa person. Okay. Yeah. So she like Ann Wildman found Naropa. She's a founder. Yeah. Ann Wildman came up to me and was like, This school was created for your work. Like, come here. And at that time, I was writing my master's thesis at Cal State LA in poetry. I was completing my master's thesis and I was already having this plan to do an MA MFA. So I was like, Great. And she's like, We're going to get you a scholarship. So I was accepted to the MFA program and I came. I never graduated because also the car hit me. I was still enrolled. Okay, well, you know what? <laughs> there's time. there's like this thing that like must be asked. What, <laughs> what happened? What car hit so, you? <laughs> so your NDE, <laughs> your near-death experience. I mm. did read your bio and I did read that there was this huge transformational moment. And, mm. and you like sort of mentioned it, but can you briefly tell us like what happened and how that, in a sense, transformed who you are now and what you're doing now? Yes. Wait. Because it sounds like it just sort of happened. Rewind too. Also, you said like, what did Naropa? How did you ask me like, what has Naropa oh, how, to my current path? Right. How has the experience that you had at Naropa helped shape the the work you're doing now? Wait, but it's all connected because I feel like the experience at Naropa was so like euphoric and cathartic and like revolutionary inside me that it took me to this place. What was left for me, but to be hit by a car and to die, like it was just so amazing and. I came here. I was living in L.A. How many people say that? <laughs> I had an amazing experience here. I came here and um, I felt very seen. I could feel the magic of this. I mean, Boulder, we're, we are in sacred spaces, although we've been trampling, walking over them for a long time, some acknowledging the energy of the Mother Earth between us and some not. But like these mountains are magic. The frequency of this location was chosen for a reason. Exactly where Naropa was, Chungyam Trumpa Rinpoche chose it for a reason because of the ley lines and the energetics of this place. And it was like between here and some other magical foreign location, far away, which, which I wish I could oh, remember. Uh, it was like between Boulder I, and. Yeah, it's in Canada. Yes, yeah, right? like in Canada. I'm forgetting the name, but I, right. I know what you're talking about. A, so, lot of, a lot of the teachers actually live there oh, really? when they would come here. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think of the Were name. Were Pima children? I think out? so. Yeah, Maybe yeah. Nova Scotia? Maybe. No. I was born in Canada. So really? Yeah. You, you would know more than me. But though. no, but I, but I left there really young. Okay. But Naropa is a magical place. So whatever the catharsis is that, that you experience when you come here, it's like you are stepping into... Separate from Naropa and the professor and your major and the other students, you're in a frequency portal. And it's like, it's not the words teaching. <laughs> it's not the words teaching. 
it's this place. It's going to awaken and open things inside of you. It's things are going to start moving around. And when things start moving around, that doesn't always feel like amazing and pleasant and like frolicking through the grass. It can also feel like purgative. And yeah, you feel me? So yeah. Naropa has that well, energy. It, it's like an energetic purge. Yes. But it, it's scary because you're like, well, because yeah. you're so attached to who you were yeah. or maybe who you think you are. Mm-hmm. And then when that's kind of leaving you, you're like, uh-oh, who am I? Right. And then you get to redefine. Which is really the juiciest part of everything when you're like, it's true. Um, but you wait, need a, but you need a good foundation to like make right. good decisions upon that, though. Right. Right. And all that is true. And. But the energy of Naropa being its own, the space, the mountains, the place, the intention behind its creation and birthing into a physical reality from idea to physicality, all of that's coming from like a sacred intention, separate from the humanity and the mistakes and like logistics and bureaucracy that exists because it's an actual school now, right? That's like a whole other layer. Keeping with this energy of the words don't teach, it's like the energy of the space is teaching. And me moving through here, I think, played a, a very significant role in what happened next. Because literally, it's like I came here in 2008, then I moved. And I was like, okay, Anne, I'm going to come here. I'm going to attend. And then they gave me a scholarship, another one. And I started at the Jack Kerouac School of Disembodied Poetics with the MFA program and was having an amazing time. And in this whole journey is when I was hit by the car, which was in Madison, Wisconsin. So what happened in terms of a timeline, linear timeline? is a woman passes out with her foot on the gas in Madison, Wisconsin. She's going faster and faster, and she's going the wrong way down a one-way street. She hits a car, and that impact pops open the hood of her car and sends that car, like, flying. I'm getting off a bus, like, cut to, like the movie, you know? Cut to. LaVon Caesar is, like, getting off a bus. But I don't have a memory of this. I'm just reciting, because I say it a lot in podcasts. I say it in my circles. I say it in retreats. And I'm just reciting the police report, actually that I used to stare at and try to understand. It would be like person one, person two, vehicle, impact. She flew this way. So she that opens the hood of her car, which she then whoop, and hits me and kind of swallows me unto, into the hood like it closes and traps me. She keeps going because her foot's still on the gas. She hits a cozy restaurant. She goes through the glass front of the restaurant, hits a woman in there and pins that woman to the far wall. But that impact dislodges my body and sends me flying to Henry and Johnson a few blocks away. Because the paramedics and the cops and firemen, everybody was already following her, the police and everything, because of her long trajectory going the wrong way down in this walking campus area. It was on Madison, Wisconsin campus, University of Wisconsin-Madison. That was part of the blessing because they were able to see where my body flew towards and then follow so they follow and then they find me and I'm clinically dead when they find me. Okay, so that's what's happening in Earth 3D linear realm of the movie. And then it's like, whoop, whoop, cut to like the inner dynamics of Levon Caesar. And this is all going to go back to conjuring the language of the liminal space, Voces del Polvo, the master's thesis, which is what I was writing when this impact happened, right? Okay, so my memory, me, the, this body talking to you, I remember see, first meeting this body, me, from above, a being in white bringing me over to this. And then I was like, above. <laughs> and then they're like, you're going to go in there. You're going to finish the work. And feeling like, and it wasn't, um, like, this is how I can tell the story, you know? It, it wasn't like somebody said, you're going to go and you're going to finish. It was just like, this is, it was like, 
the words don't teach. So this was the communication. And I'm trying to put it into the words now. So then there is a resistance like, that's not going to be amazing. Or like, you're going to go be this black woman in 2020 or whatever. <laughs> oh my God, do I want to do that? And feeling resistance, like, then feeling the crown of the body, like soften, open in a magnetic pull. And then like, down inside. I can't say it very loudly. It like feels more like magical. And just feeling like pulled inside. And I often describe it as diving into a swimming pool. And then like, because the waters part and then you enter. And it feels like you kind of get locked in at like the tips of the fingers and the tips of the toes, like the edges of the skin. And then a flip in perspective. So then you're floating in the pool. And then like, the pool hardens like it's was it was concrete it was just temporarily liquid and then now you know so you dive in you shift perspective and then it flips and then you're trapped and then I think that trapped energy is what is called western language the PTSD the trauma part and then I don't even call it an NDE because it's like, no, I was deep in the D. So like, <laughs> like the liminal space, the liminal space. You were, you were like between the bardo and alive. Yes. You know, you, cause yes. Um, cause I've, I've heard of yes, like, Naropa. That's where I was at. Yeah. Cause you're, you're having like that, like the tube of going to the bardo, the afterlife. And then, but your angels are meeting you and saying like, Hey, we're not done here. But I think you always have a decision on that. And they're like, but you're going to show up and do the work. And you're kind of like, uh. <laughs> I think my journey has been a, a large. And this takes us back to the beginning where you're like, I, w- I was saying Jaguar rests in Oaxaca. Like she feels calm there. There has been this sense of not feeling like a fully consensual participant in the experience of the 3D physical realm and life. Because of the uh, suddenness of like the impact and then the exit and then the entry and the like telling, like go in there and like do the work and the uh, uh, resistance. So there's been now my healing journey and the journey of awakening my own medicine and power as an artist, creator, woman, medicine woman, whatever the languages that I want to put around the frequency that I'm carrying. It has a lot to do with softening into accepting what you just said, which is that if I'm here, no matter the storyline, there is a choice. And an acceptance to be here, you know, after re-entering the body and opening back up my eyes, I went through the relearning experience. Like I left the hospital in a wheelchair. So it was like a lot of physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, all of the therapies, trauma counseling, a lot of medicating the brain, seizure medications and a lot of clonopin and a lot of, you know, all those kind of things to kind of get you into the body, a lot of programming, a lot of showing me images and saying, who is this? This is you, you're LaVon. And I'm like, I don't know who this bitch is, what? And it's like, who is this? This is you in this photo. And a lot of like, mirror things. That used things. to be me. No, it didn't feel like you see me. me. It, it would be like, they would show you maybe you with different people and they'd be like, who is you here? And then I'd be like, I don't know. I don't recognize these people. And it would be like showing you a mirror like showing you reflections in a mirror and then you're not in the box. So you're not understanding. And then saying like, this is you, this is you, this is you. But who do we do that with? Babies. We let babies, we give them mirrors. We're like, you're Tommy and I'm your mommy. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a cognitive decline. It's like a rewiring. So was your like brain banged up? Because it sounds like your body really got banged up. But but I didn't break any bones. Really? And I flew really, really far. So and that would come up a lot, even in the court case. And then in I remember in the court That's case at one crazy. point, they were like, were you a yogi? And I never considered myself a yogi in terms of asana, like physicality. They're like, you fall really well. They're like, you fall well. <laughs> You're so bouncy. <laughs> like, uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's so wild. You're so bouncy. I'm like, I am Caribbean. But, um. <laughs> That's, I mean, honestly, the like near death experience sounds more psychedelic than psychedelics. Right. Which is why my journey with psychedelics has also been unique. My journey with psychedelics has, has to do with grounding and becoming, feeling less psychedelic for a moment which is relaxing for my brain. The psychedelic experiences I have had had been very, I've been experiencing a polarity to what the rest of the people in the room have been experiencing. So I've been like feeling really human and embodied and like quiet and not seeing magical colors and people's grandmothers. It's been like, it stops Mm, it for me. Interesting. Uh The medicines know what you need. It's true. They do. Yeah. And sometimes you think you know what you need until the medicine shows up with something different. You're like, wait a minute. (laughs) Hold on. But how I just do, how do say, I get out of this? I want to say something about the cognitive decline. Okay. It, it's more, it, it was like a reboot blank slate, but everything about the car, air quotations, accident was a cognitive upgrade. It was a restructuring and it was an upgrade. And I've been coming back to, it opened up areas of the brain. And it's part of really part of like something I hold dear, which is just the, I feel no resistance between like the juju and the science. I just think we, to just like be better friends so we can start like, you know, reflecting the truth of like what's really going on. Because really what happened with me was a blow to it. My head split open in five places on this one side. But like really then now I'm channeling people's grandma, right? And like talking to people's vaginas. But so we should like use that scientifically and figure out like what areas got stimulated in this woman's brain. We can like maybe laser people and everybody's talking to their grandma. You know what I mean? I think about that kind of thing a lot because it was a physical blow. And it opened up realms. It opened up my ability to access realms and portals. It's like it it erased your neuroplasticity of like where your mind would go in certain situations or or triggering how you would feel. And you had to rewire it. And then it sounded like because you had a mystical experience, you were rewiring it in such a way that it's not how like a normal person would develop their brain. Right. But it's an amazing opportunity. And it's an amazing artistic experience. And it's just when I look back, obviously, in the moment, there's the levels of fear. I wonder how it would have been if this had happened to me in a different societal structure, like if it would have felt as scary or if the fear was maybe given to me or if it was my own from within, you know. But I do remember that initial moment of like entering the body and the terror of feeling the density because going from the to- all of the, the totality of the whole into the density. Ooh, like I can even, when I talk about it, I feel it in my belly. That's such an awesome visualization of the diving into it and then the, the water's like congealing into a harder shell and then all of a sudden you're like in the body. I've never heard anything like that and it just feels so right to me to hear something like that. And the body is, it has limitations, but think of the limitations as artistic constraint you know it's like i'm gonna make a painting with 
I'm going to just make it up. I'm going to make a painting yeah. with these three colors. You need, you need paper to paint on. You and can't paper, paint in the air. Right? Paint don't yeah, stick there. right? And the artistic constraints are what bring out even more of, like, within the constraint, there's a freedom, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's what my journey in coming back into the body and, like, understanding the desire to go and then the power of staying and it's really feeling how within the finite, we can move infinitely, you know, Woo, like within the circle. Before we started the podcast, the way you spell your name is very unique. It's very awesome. And I want to talk about it for a little bit because I wanted to say womb, womb man. <laughs> so, OK, what, what I'm saying is she spells her last name W-O-M-B-A-N, but she pr you pronounce it as woman. woman. But it, you spell it womb and then Anne, and I really like that. And so real quick, what inspired you to spell it that way and to have that be your name? Where did it come from? I don't aesthetically resonate with the W-O-M-A-N. It doesn't feel like what it is that I am. And then I resonate with the womb energy and the jaguar energy. It's like this like intergalactic Mother Africa rainforest kind of black hole source wild frequency. And I feel all that encapsulated in the like womb and even like womb, you know, it, like womb that I, I, I feel that I feel that um, I don't feel like a woe man. I feel like womb. So it's that. And I also just like saying I'm spelling woman with a B. And the B energy is also birthing, you know? And you do a lot of work with the womb. I do you, a lot you work, of work with the womb. It, seem, it seems like a lot of your work is probably more women than men. I don't know if you work with men or not, but it seems very woman-focused. You have a very clear goal, it seems like, and you're just helping women and you're very supportive. I feel that I have an assignment and then I have tried to best carry the assignment in a way that doesn't feel like it's excluding anyone, but I have a very distinct assignment and it goes back to that moment of going back into the body to do this thing. I felt it feels very clear, direct line to that moment. And even in the moments of most desperation, when I was feeling really disoriented and misaligned, I was aware that I was in here with an assignment. And the assignment is this, what I can best, you know, the words don't teach, what I can best put language to it is as this womb frequency, right? And because it is the one door, no, I can reach everyone. So it's like, it even is logistically intelligent as a strategy to go straight to the womb. Who is birthing the man that is raping the woman? The mother, the mother of that man. Who It's like everything is coming through the womb space. So it's just I'm moving with precision to affect the all. So I just want to go like straight into the straight into the void, straight into the computer center. And like tuk -a -tuk -a -tuk -a -tuk -a -tuk. when I teach womb steaming, I tell them it's like just go right directly reprogram the computer. Everything else is just caught. You're talking about the effects, you know, the science of mind, Ernest Holmes, like there's cause and then there's effect. To me, deepest, most source cause is that womb energy. So go directly there. And in many indigenous practices, it is said like the womb carrier births all things, not just my own reality. 
but all the realities, all the realities. And if I hear even with it's six degrees of separation, like a story about a woman who went through a trauma like over there, it's for me to really like ho'oponopono. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you to over there and to myself for even conjuring and birthing a world where there was a woman over there or a man over there who could have that experience. Really like taking, not carrying it with like a weight of responsibility, but with the liberation of your power and rising to the occasion and praying a new prayer if you see something that is unsettling instead of feeling, oh, just saying like, okay, this is part of my story that I'm birthing. I'm going to go straight into the womb space and thuk, 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 and enter a new program. it's so good (laughs) you know healthy wombs make healthy people yes that's what I'm hearing in my head yes so remember this is an answer to do you work with men so I feel like when I work with the womb I'm working this is my way to work with all because it's coming through this doorway so I don't and a lot of stuff that's come up in my path has been like oh like and this and we work with this body or like a trans woman or this woman it's like no, I'm, I'm working with the womb energy because I love all and want to reach all. And it's all come from this one place. Everything goes back to be like rebirthing and your mama wound. What your mama did. <laughs> it's the door. It always goes back to the door. And you're, what, you're so yeah. on assignment. <laughs> you're on your that. assignment. Yeah. Your angel right now is just like, that's yeah. my girl. Oh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love thinking that. Okay, good, yeah. Yeah, I think it's been part of a journey to carry the assignment with lightness and living in Mexico helps me do that. <laughs> of course, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> it's like, living in a very <laughs> beautiful place, I'm sure helps all yeah. the things. Yeah, and there's a lot of like spirit and self-development transformation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it seems like you can and really... Jaguar energy. Yeah, you can really mm-hmm. shine there. Yeah, see it. I can shine, but I can also just discreetly walk amongst the crowd as with like not feeling overly shiny in a way too. You know what I'm saying? There's also a strong sense of like la curandera, the medicine woman, the shaman, you know, and you're just at the market buying avocados. It's not, (laughs) it's like so prevalent that it's less impressive. But still, there's a direct understanding like, oh, I feel very often I'll be in the market and someone be like, oh, are you a healer? You're a curandera woman. Let me take you, you should maybe find out about this herb or this da 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 it's it's just very like oh yeah cool yeah but but also immediately identifying me just the other day at the market a man womb medicine womb medicine was like um a magical old man that was um selling some used books and he had these magical um codex codexes um he was like um no puedes andar desapercibida like you you can't walk around he's like you you've passed the point where you can walk around without us knowing who you are kind of thing he just said to me. He's like, oh, you're a medicine woman? And then I was like, oh, yeah, kind of. I was like, kind of. You know how you do that? Yes, maybe. 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 <laughs> and then he was like, no, 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 oh, no. Oh, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> go, well, go on, please. <laughs> yeah. I was well, at well, you know, light sees light. Light sees light. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of light in Mexico. I like to be in the dark. Dark is I, a vibe. Yeah. A yeah. warm vibe. I like to be in the shadows, mm-hmm. but I'm very aware and you're very and bright present. your energy is very oh, bright and yeah. light and clean. but it's like it's like you can't tell mm-hmm. until you until you tell yeah, yeah. it's very secretive but yeah. I, I feel that but where do animals even go and human women too and they're left just alone to birth wildly which is rewilding birth and death and is part of 
is a big aspect of the work, but we go to the dark, to birth. We like to be in like a dark, cocoony place. Then hospitals are like, fluorescent lights. And it's like, it's true. But that's they not the desire. They put you on a bed. Yeah. Lay what? flat with fluorescent lights. Pitocin and yeah. epidurals yeah. and uh, C-section. They do, yeah. they do a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it has its place, but unnecessary interventions, I think, happen pretty often. Sometimes interventions are very, they, they save the woman and they save the baby. So I think there are, um, they, they have their place. And sometimes the intervention is necessary because of the previous intervention. Where, so it's like you wouldn't have needed it if you just like left it alone. So it's kind of like the cause and effect of things. Well, it's because they're the, the people in the hospital are not doulas or midwives. Right. Which you is... Um, they're not working on an energetic us. level. It's a very physical, it's right. like one dimensional. Yeah. How you feel doesn't matter to them. No. I mean, maybe a little bit. It's the business. Yeah. It's been made into a business. That's a whole... That's, that's another, the whole podcast. That's a whole podcast. That's a whole podcast. Don't need podcast. I can't even. So, <laughs> so, so, I was like, should I go in? <laughs> so one thing you've mentioned a couple times that I have never. The word womb. <laughs> well, not just womb. Yeah. Yoni and steaming. Mm. Womb steaming, yoni steaming. And it was weird because I know a lot about that. And it's kind of a secret. I guess not now. I'm telling like an entire audience of podcasts that. I know a lot about yoni steaming and all this, and that's what you do. You do work with yoni steaming. And I think for a lot of people listening, they're like, what are you talking about? So could you actually tell us what womb steaming, yoni steaming, you call them tea ceremonies or something like that? Oh, I call my one-on-ones tea sessions. Tea stands for total energy alignment. Okay. And so can you describe what is that? What does it look like? And why do people do that? Or why do women do that? Mm Mm-hmm. So logistically speaking, it's a large salad-sized bowl, boiling water, and salt, which um, most people don't use, but it's what makes it the womb steam, actually. So if you take some dry herbs, salt, boiling water over them, the chemical reaction that will occur is the dry plants releasing their essential oils up in the steam, right? And what can benefit the body is for a womb carrier to place her most absorbent tissues, which are in your uterine floor, in a place like over the bowl, so squatting or kneeling, so that the essential oils rising up in the steam because of the boiling water and the dried plant and the salt can enter your body through your most absorbent tissues in your uterine floor. So it's like nothing particularly magical. Or is it? You're steaming your Mm -hmm. vagina. Yes. Yeah. And... The significance of steaming, it's like you can steam any place. You can do a facial steam when you're Mm -hmm. congested. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. I love doing that. You can be in a steam room with like different plants and have like the herbs enter your body through your pores, you know? Anytime you're working with the plant medicine, there's a consistent rhythm and frequency. Plants have their own electrical frequencies. There's a consistent rhythm and frequency to the medicine coming out of the plant. So let's say um, lavender. So you smell lavender, you feel a bit calm, you make an eye pillow with some lavender in it, it'll help you go to sleep. You drink some lavender tea, you're going to relax, so kind of like from within the body, traveling through the bloodstream. You make a lavender bath, you're going to get into it, so it's like in a topical way, entering your body through the pores. You make a little lavender cream, you're going to like put it on your body, it will soothe, right? And I can get into like layers of what lavender is, because it's also in addition to a smell, it's an antibacterial, etc., etc. What becomes very potent is when, for the woman, because her... Most absorbent tissues are in this part of her body. 
So it's like you're getting like deep hit, deep cut lavender, right? Mm -hmm. It's like hitting the most absorbent part of you. So you're feeling so, so, so relaxed. A heroic dose, right? Through your vagina. Through your vagina. So that's what makes it feel so revolutionary. If you add on top of that, um, something that I like about the practice, and especially with my foundational kind of mindsets um, that we've referenced earlier about just experiential knowledge, it's something with complete cynicism and a complete lack of belief in the concept of yoni steaming. If you squat your body over the bowl with the salt and the herbs and like the whole recipe of plants that has been put together, you're going to feel something. Yeah. You're going to feel it. Yeah. And I, I've also to believe in it. I also seen other women and one of my best friends who we, we used to like be together and then we weren't anymore and we just continued our friendship and we were just like so solid, but she has a Yoni steaming business. And so she sells all the herbs. You have like a five gallon bucket and then you make this seat and you cut a hole in the middle and you put so a So I'm not a yeah, so I don't teach with seeds. Okay. So you're everybody into should the do yeah, everybody should do things in their own way. Okay. But then I do have like the method that like you know every artist has their style. So my style inherent to my style that I'm sharing is no seat for various reasons. And those are One is that this is what happens in the West. We take an indigenous practice. We want to receive the benefit of it, but with a touch more comfort. Just be like a little more comfortable. Yeah, interesting. Yep. So maybe we could just sit down. I can, I can feel that. Right? Yeah. But no, you cannot because it's a formula. But okay, so here's You cannot a, edit the formula and have the same results. Back in the early days before, you know, there was like Western medicine to help you birth and birthing practices and all this. How did women have birth? Birth in the squatting position. It's gravity. Yeah. You're like birthing a transformation almost. What do we call the squat down yoga prayer posture? This is a posture from which concepts, words are birthed into the physical being. It's the birthing posture. Something is happening to your pelvis and your body that it's open to both receive and to give when you like squat down. Something is happening to your strength and your core and your vaginal floor when you learn how to squat for a prolonged period of time. Traditionally, the womb stain practice begins after your first blood. So you would be squatting every month, like in a rhythm. And by the time you're going to push that baby out for 12 hours, you know how to squat because you've been doing your womb stain practice after your moon cycle every single month. It's a training. It's training you to like physically birth and it's training you to energetically birth. And when you sit your body down on a little box like this, also your pelvis is not open to get the medicine. And so it also reduces the potency. All of that said, it's better to steam than not to steam. Yeah, I can totally understand that though. That's that's beautiful. And so um, there's a lot of energy talk with the steaming. What are some like physical, biological enhancements or things that happen to a woman when they do this? Right. So I really am with the brain because I come from this traumatic brain injury diagnosis like into the juju, right? And I think just one... The bravery of trying something new, it's going to open up a new neural pathway, a new thing that you're doing. It's really, it's an ancient thing. So it's going to open up a memory also simultaneously. In this new pathway, new experiences and information can flow. So just from the bravery, from attempting this new thing in this new physical position, down over these bowls and like squatting down with this other... It's like new something is happening in your brain. So that's level one. And once we do something new, 
then like new experiences can then like come. It's like the river, the water flows and the river cuts through the earth, you know, and like expands like a new doorway. More magic and information can then travel down along that pathway, which is why I feel you do that. You do come, you do your tea session, you have one womb steam and then all these new different things start happening to you. So it's like level one, like the most level one of it is you've opened up a new pathway. Two, you're squatting down over boiling water. You're doing something new. You're like really nervous. You're like, oh shit, what's going on? It's like, here, this black lady told me to squat over this bone. And so it's like, uh, your brain is like in a heightened state of awareness. You don't want to like mess it up. You don't want to burn your vagina. This is like really intense. So what's happening? Your brain is like, what is my vagina feeling? What is my vagina feeling? What is my vagina feeling? Protect the vagina. Don't go too low to the bowl. Scoot up. It feels hot. Move to the left. So what's happening in this period of time? You've now had a 30-minute conversation connecting your brain to your vagina. So you've opened up a new pathway. And what is that pathway? It's a vagina to third eye pathway. So now, next thing you know, you're like hearing what your vagina has been saying that whole time. So then you're in the grocery store and you're like, I'm going to get some cucumbers because they're on my list. And you're touching the cucumber and your vagina is like, I want a mango. Right? So then you're going to like, oh, snap. Now my vagina, I can hear her. Like, wow. You put down the cucumber, you go over to the mango. What happens there? A whole new trajectory and portal opens up because you've put down the cucumber and you walked over to the mango. And over at the mango, you meet a woman who tells you about blah, blah, blah. And then she hands you a pamphlet. You open the pamphlet and it's like describing something in your ancestral line. You take a trip to Ireland and you discover your power. You're a Celtic witch, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Okay, womb steam. <laughs> wow. Okay, so... I mean, it, it, you know, my my understanding is is limited because I am a man. I am not biologically, you know. It's not limited though. I don't like. I don't. I can't talk to my vagina because I don't have one. But I can totally understand what you're saying. Is like you create this situation where you are having this long conversation, and you're like, you're feeling the sensation of the steam. You're feeling the danger. You're feeling the the like you're talking to it it's talking to you and you're working together to figure it out and then it just feels like you've like, opened up a line of communication i can like totally directly. understand what's going on there mm -hmm. but even if i were to tell you like place your hand like over a flame and just keep it at a certain distance where it doesn't burn your hand but you uh -huh. feel the heat the liminal space. and do that the liminal space uh, a boom, boom, boom. i see mm -hmm. you okay. feel me mm -hmm. yeah it's you like the then... yin and yang of that's where transformation is probably like happening is is that comfortability of challenge we can get into the liminal we can birth new things it's the center where you can like enter the new program it's where the magic happens right okay <laughs> so good <laughs> it's so good okay next thing next thing that's going to happen so the body is a mirror it's a parable right your most absorbent tissues are in this place. So what's that telling us? That's interesting. So also it can like birth out a life form. Okay, that's interesting. And then also it's absorbing all of the information. Okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so that's telling me my whole life, this part of my body has been absorbing everything? Whoa. Maybe there's a lot going on down there. And then I'm going to add like a drop of yarrow. If I put some yarrow on a snake bite, it'll pull out the venom. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to put a little bit of that in your poom poom. It will also pull out the venom. And this is why I like the work, because I don't need to talk to you, convince you, teach you necessarily, just the steps. 
And then I love the doubters. I'm like, go, accountant lawyer, and squatch over the bowl. I love that so much. And then come back to me and, and then let's com- have a Then chat. we can chat, yes. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. That's I, I love stance. that type of stuff where it's like, I'm not trying to convince you. Just, no. just do the thing mm-hmm. and then you'll see. Which is why I say just the bravery and the trust. I think that what kind of like part of why I selected this body of Levon, which is like is inherent to the way that it's placed in the earth. There's a certain even subconscious archetypal things happening. It's an energy where, okay, I feel I feel safe to do that. You know, one of the first things I did after coming back into the body and on this journey was I was a nanny, right? I just like went in. These people hired me to watch their kids because I just have that energy, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna leave my baby with you, you know, <laughs> right? So keep that same energy. <laughs> I like give a little poom poom time, okay? And that's really all that's needed. And so there is like a magic to that. I do think um, it's like yeah, I can get like people to do weird things on me, whatever. There, there's like a sense of trust that people feel, and you do need. So if there is like a work that I'm doing, because I really feel like the plants do the work. That's what I'm saying. And I feel like if there's something that I do, it's just make a space where you're like, I will squat over the bowl. Okay. You know? Yeah. You're the invitation. Yeah. uh I see. Then the yarrow is going to do the exorcism. And I like that to be clear because um, it's really important to me that I'm not a healer, not a guru. I'm... A woman. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. I was noticing that you do you facilitate a monthly steaming session on the new moon. Yes. And I was wondering what is the significance of doing a steam on the new moon, and also, so like you know, a woman has a moon cycle, and sometimes that moon cycle doesn't fall on the new moon. It's like in between the month. It's it's just kind of wherever. All women are different. They have like different places mm-hmm. of when they're. But moon. we do sync. Yeah, I'm just kind of wondering how like is there a significance of doing a steam on the new moon compared to like maybe doing it on your moon? Like, do you not steam on your moon or? Yeah, to, unless there's a specific reason to steam on the moon, then. That's not the ideal time to steam. Like it's just standard time. Nothing's going on is three to five days after your moon cycle is complete. Right. But then so what connects to the car accident situation is that when I'm with the womb carrier, I start hearing connects to the poetry and the present. Right. The Levon and the Jaguar. When I'm with the womb carrier, they start. And then I'll start hearing like the da 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 Mugwort, motherwort, yarrow, calendula, lavender, rosemary, sage like that. And then that's their recipe. That's a tea session. You're rambling and I start, you'll like, eh, and it'll like get quiet, your voice. And then I'll start hearing, it has like a feeling coming into my brain and a rhythm. And it'll be a recipe. And it's a tea session because initially I would make it into a tea, make them drink it, then I would make baths. Blah, blah, blah. Then the most potent way to get it into them is is through the womb steam. But that's like the, the rhythmic frequency, electrical alchemy that's needed to suture the auric field and the quantum space and the womb space is timeless, whether we believe in it or not. You know, I was alive on a cellular level inside of my mother when she was inside of my grandmother. So there's something ancestral that's going to be happening. And then my grandmother is now in the earth where I pulled up the roots from and put them into the bowl with the salt and squatted the womb space over it. So it's just like, boop, 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 boop. you feel me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's like, 
synchronization happening with the cycles of the earth, with the cycles of life, the womb, the tomb, the birthing, the death, the dying. Tantra, it's like a circle, which is the void, the source, the liminal space, the black seed under the ground, in the dark, feeling the light and like pushing up and like pushing out, sprouting into a little, little tiny little sprout that will push up into a tree, that will push out leaves, that will push out little blossoms, that will flower, that will drop seeds, that will come into the earth, into the dark. It's all the one thing, right? Feeling the pull of the sun. This is the answer to your question about why steam on the new moon. We go into the dark moon together. I feel there is one womb, furthermore. We go into the dark moon. Under the dark moon, we gather as womb carriers. We steam. Part of what happens in the new moon womb steam is I'm going to sit, specifically channel, create, whatever word feels you, makes you feel comfortable, a recipe for that month. It's a different recipe every month. And we're steaming with the same exact recipe. I mail it to your house. At the same exact time, at the same exact placement of the moon cycle, all of us all together. So once you've steamed three months with me, anyways, we're bleeding at the same time. And I do have a goal that every womb carrier should have their menstrual cycle all at the same time, all over the planet. And when this has been achieved, <laughs> we'll see what will happen when we all have appeared at the same time. You feel me? Mm-hmm. It's a synchronization. Is that a good idea? It's the original way. Okay. Interesting. Like things I would never think about. <laughs> Just one movement. So interesting. Like all of us and Mother Earth, like moving as one. It's a really good idea. It's a remembrance. That's some powerful stuff. The new moon is a good time to enter the codes, you know? It's like going in the dark. It's like certain things get done in the dark. Like you want to do I see. It's like refreshing a page. Yeah. It's like the information's there, but we're just kind of yes. upgrading it. Yeah. I see. Wow. Like, first off, you just feel amazing. Like, your ener- I feel like we have such a fun energy in this room, and it's so beautiful. I feel like I already know you. <laughs> I just met you, like, maybe like an hour and a half ago. I know. <laughs> and, man, Naropa- Naropa's got some really awesome conversations coming at them, and it's it's just you just feel so impactful. You have so much knowledge, and you're just such a um, a champion for womb. The way you're, like, expanding my thoughts as as a man and someone who supports womb carrying people as well. Like, like I, I, I feel really honored to hear the, the wisdom that you're sharing. Yeah. I just want to like give you this moment. Is there anything else you'd like to say? And then maybe at the end of that, you know, you can like say your website, your socials so people can reach out to you. Cause in, there might be someone out in the audience that's like, I need to steam with this woman. Yeah. All y'all do just one time. Like, I don't, feel like oh this is my practitioner for life i would like to give every womb carrier on the planet one session Mm -hmm. and that's how i see my sessions i just need to um maybe it's smarter marketing to just like do more podcasts and like (laughs) i was like can i give every woman on the planet one session but um (laughs) but the point of that is um it's just kind of this specific download that i want to get out to everybody just like the one time and then um, you don't need to keep coming back to me, but just keep the practice. I would say about womb steaming something I say a lot. Nobody says, I did yoga one time 20 years ago, and then my body just like totally transformed. And that's how I know it works. It's like, no, you learned it 20 years ago. Then you developed a practice. 
And in the practice, you transformed. So there's a level of like finding the truth and then committing to the path. And then that is experiencing the finite within the infinite, you know, which is where all the magic can arise. I feel really honored to be here. I feel really, I've really enjoyed talking with you. Phil, we're cell family. We're Jaguar people. I'm coming to Oaxaca. Yeah, gonna, you're coming to I'm Oaxaca. I'm finding you. I'm going to come hang out. This we'll is We'll walk happening. through the market. We'll buy avocados yeah. together. And that is my current goal, actually. I want to, I have my space that I'm building in Oaxaca, which I've called Utera, U-T-E-R-A. And Utero is the uterus, but I've made it an A. I kind of made up a word. So I put the A on the end instead of the O. So I made a feminine version of uterus in Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Utera is my little space. And I just want to work with one client at a time, which I think will also allow me to see men too. But you can like come visit me for a period of time. Yeah. I'll like dump herbs on you. We'll walk to the market. And I'm so go. down. Like yeah. I like for cologne, I wear geranium. <gasps> like that's that's my jam. I make I my own that. chapstick. Oh like, my God. I love like that. I'm there's like a hidden <laughs> witch in me. It's not hidden. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't fuck around. Like, I know how to get down. Send the some witch homework. is released. Yeah, you feel that. You can feel the plant medicine in the frequency. And that's the thing. And when I do work with the non-womb carrying body, you're like, say one more thing. And then I'm just like, 30 minutes later. But like, it's um, typically I'll make a bath blend like this. I'll start hearing the same blend. Yeah. Um, and it will be a bath and you'll enter into the bath and like yes. stay in there. So it's been really good to be here. I love Naropa. Magic always happens. I feel Naropa likes to invite me to do things, but it's because I'm a, like a believer. I believe in the potency of this location and in the original vision of the space, right? And things will always shift and evolve. But I believe in what it brought to me and how it played a role, even if I can't articulate it, in the transform transformation, transfiguration journey that I went on and that I continue to be on. And um, so just, I always know when I, when I'm like pulled back here, it's because there's a level up and it was just my birthday. So it's like really good time. Happy birthday. <laughs> my, my Libra. Yeah. Sister over yeah. here. And we're in an Aries full moon. It was just the full moon yesterday. So we're mm -hmm. still in the energy and I'm an Aries rising. I was taking photos of that moon last night. Really wild. I Hunter's was about to moon. go to sleep. And I saw the moon and I came down here. I grabbed my camera. I just like, I had to take some photos. I feel Artemis energy in you. I'm going to give you. Um, yeah. All I the things. Herbs I want to give you. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I have a lot of herbs already. So I might. Okay, good. You're ready. Okay. I might have them. I just okay, good. You might have to tell me how to put them together. Okay. I feel like you know all this stuff. <laughs> Download complete between us. Oh, yeah. Do we have listeners? Deep my deep bad. <laughs> I'm just like deep in with you. Okay. My things. My Instagram is Jaguar Woman with a B. Utera now has its own page. And wombnation.org is the website that you can join, that you can go and apply, actually, if you'd like to join me on the journey of synchronizing our womb spaces so that we can birth the new earth in an orgasmic way so amazing. which is the purpose of i love it yeah yeah i'm on your team as a as a man i feel you i'm here and i'm mm -hmm. on the team for you i feel i it. support i support all of this i feel it and i love it yeah i feel it uh-huh i feel it okay awesome thank you so i really appreciate you giving me your time and naropa is is really excited to have you and i just 
you know, I hope the listeners can reach out to you and kind of explore that womb space with you because it does feel very powerful and, and healthy wombs birth healthy individuals. And I think that's a foundational place to start for like fixing some of the the stuff that could be going on, the energetic stickiness, you know? And so it's it's been such a beautiful conversation and I just appreciate you speaking with me today. Aho. Ashe. Amen. Good. On behalf of the Naropa community, thank you for listening to Mindful You, the official podcast of Naropa University. Check us out at www.naropa.edu or follow us on social media for more updates.